March 26th. Our reading in the New Testament today will come from the book of Luke, chapter 7, verses 11 through 35. And here's what we'll find there in chapter 7, beginning at verse 11. She did not expect it. Nobody knew that Jesus would arrive and break up the funeral. Never despair, because your Lord may surprise you at the last minute and do the impossible for you. Uh, He did not understand it. The person we're talking about is found in verses 18 through 35. When the Lord is not doing what you expect Him to do, tell Him about it and listen to His word. You may feel that your ministry has failed, but you are not the judge. Let Jesus have the final word. And in verses 36 through 50, we'll see that she could not hide it. The sinful woman trusted Christ, and He saved her. Now she wanted to express her love to Him. See, true faith cannot be hidden. And true faith shows itself in love and worship. Our hearts are transformed, you know, as we worship God. And the good news is, if you're looking for God, if you want to find God, well, just begin to worship Him because Scripture is very clear. God inhabits the praises of His people. So if you want to get into God's presence, all you have to do is lift your hands And look up and begin to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And you will be in His presence. And wisdom, the things that you need, will be imparted to you during that time at a very deep level. You may not be consciously aware of uh, the work God is doing deep in your heart. But as you worship, you may rest assured that He is working in your heart. Simon the Pharisee was blind. He could not see himself, the Lord, or the woman. He did not know the debt that he owed. And now, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. March 26th, Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 35. Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, with a great crowd following him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The boy who had died was the only son of a widow, and many mourners from the village were with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk to those around him, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and we have seen the hand of God at work today. The report of what Jesus had done that day spread all over Judea and even across its borders. The disciples of John the Baptist told John about everything Jesus was doing. So John called for two of his disciples, and he sent them to the Lord to ask him, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? At that very time, he cured many people of their various diseases, and he cast out evil spirits and restored sight to the blind. Then he told John's disciples, Go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk. The lepers are cured, the deaf hear, 
the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him, God blesses those who are not offended by me. After they left, Jesus talked to the crowd about John. Who is this man in the wilderness that you went out to see? Did you find him weak as a reed, moved by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people who wear beautiful clothes and live in luxury are found in palaces, not in the wilderness. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the Scriptures refer when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger before you, and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John. Yet even the most insignificant person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. When they heard this, all the people, including the unjust tax collector, agreed that God's plan was right. For they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in religious law had rejected God's plan for them, for they had refused John's baptism. How shall I describe this generation? Jesus asked. With what will I compare them? They are like a group of children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs, and you weren't happy. So we played funeral songs, but you weren't sad. For John the Baptist didn't drink wine, and he often fasted, and you say he's demon-possessed. And I, the Son of Man, feast and drink, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard, and a friend of the worst sort of sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by the lives of those who follow it. God, God does not exist for you. He's God, you're not, get over it. He created you for himself. Once you miss that, life will always go in the wrong direction. Always. Always. Most people spend their lives trying to get God to endorse what they want. He'll never do it. Because that's not why he made you. You will only discover who you are and why you're here when you make the fundamental decision to exist for me. We've discovered you're here on purpose. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. And all the things, good, bad, and ugly, God is prepared to use to accomplish his will in you once you decide you exist for me. The question I want to raise this morning is, are you, in fact, living for the right thing? I would dare say most of us, many of us, maybe some of us, are not. The emptiness that never goes away, the aimlessness and meandering that continues to dominate are perfect indicators. We're not on task. We've not yet... Discern to live, to live. 
for the right purpose. We've all watched a space shuttle lift off from planet Earth to go into outer space, into the heavens. It sits there on the launch pad, ready to move into a whole other realm. But that space shuttle is going absolutely nowhere until fire has been ignited. A blazing fire that takes it from the gravitational pull of Earth and delivers it to the glory of the heavens. No fire, no liftoff. No igniting, no destiny. The countdown begins by the time they hit zero and the boosters are ignited. It's ready to take off in the outer space. Many of us have been earthbound too long. No matter how much we desire to lift off to accomplish our mission, we don't seem to be able to get off the ground. What's keeping us from getting off the ground and getting to the mission? The countdown is taking place. We're getting over the day. What keeps getting in the way? What's keeping us? What's keeping us? What's keeping us? Earthbound too long. Earthbound. Earthbound. Whenever you're earthbound too long. Christian, that means you have been elected for a reason. Satan has been getting you distracted from God's purpose. God's purpose. God's purpose. God's purpose. God's purpose. God's purpose. Psalm 68, verses 19 through 35. This victory psalm celebrated how God blew the enemy away like smoke and melted them like wax. It pictures three triumphal processions. We covered the first two last time we were together, the victorious nation and the victorious Savior. Today we learn about the victorious singers. The happy procession reached the sanctuary where they lifted their praises to God and asked for his continued strength as new enemies attacked. The God of past victories would not forsake them as they trusted him and obeyed his will here in the present moment. Are you marching like a conqueror in a victory celebration? 
or like a mourner in a funeral procession. Psalm chapter 68, verses 19 through 25. Praise the Lord, praise God our Savior, for each day He carries us in His arms. Our God is a God who saves. The Sovereign Lord rescues us from death. But God will smash the heads of His enemies, crushing the skulls of those who love their guilty ways. The Lord says, I will bring my enemies down from Bashan. I will bring them up from the depths of the sea. You, my people, will wash your feet in their blood, and even your dogs will get their share. Your procession has come into view, O God, the procession of my God and King. As He goes into the sanctuary, singers are in front, musicians are behind. With them are young women playing tambourines. Praise God, all you people of Israel. Praise the Lord, the source of Israel's life. Look, the little tribe of Benjamin leads the way. Then comes a great throng of rulers from Judah, and all the rulers of Zebulun and Naphtali. Summon your might, O God. Display your power, O God, as you have in the past. The kings of the earth are bringing tribute to your temple in Jerusalem. Rebuke these enemy nations, these wild animals lurking in the reeds, this herd of bulls among the weaker calves. Humble those who demand tribute from us. Scatter the nations that delight in war. Let Egypt come with gifts of precious metals. Let Ethiopia bow in submission to God. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord. Sing to the one who rides across the ancient heavens. His mighty voice thundering from the sky. Tell everyone about God's power. His majesty shines down on Israel. His strength is mighty in the heavens. God is awesome in His sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to His people. Praise be to God. Proverbs 11, verses 29 through 31. Those who bring trouble on their families inherit only the wind. The fool will be a servant to the wise. The godly are like trees that bear life-giving fruit. And those who save lives are wise. If the righteous are rewarded here on earth, how much more true that the wicked and the sinner will get what they deserve 